1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen may be seated. And if you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We're going to be in Romans today, Romans 8, Romans 6, and also in Galatians chapter 5. And today's message is entitled, The Key to Victory. Over the past few Sundays, we have learned that the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity who is here with us in the world today. The Holy Spirit is the one who is at work in the world today. The Father is in heaven, and Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the one who is here with us. As we learned Wednesday evening, He's with us and He is in us. The Holy Spirit, as we have learned, is the Spirit of truth, not nonsense, not error not weirdness, not the latest nutty fad, whatever it is. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he wants to guide us into all truth. And what is truth? Truth is God's revealed word. He wants to guide us into all truth, but we must be willing, and we must cooperate. We've learned that when we are born again, we are born of the spirit. We're born of the Spirit and by the Spirit, but there is an experience subsequent to salvation. It is a distinct and separate experience subsequent to salvation, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we've learned that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift and a promise that belongs to every believer. On the day of Pentecost, Peter proclaimed to the crowd in Acts 2 and verse 39, this promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So we've learned that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And as we learned last Sunday, and again, I would encourage you to watch or listen to the message if you missed it, as we learned last Sunday, the motive for everything, 
for faith, for prayer, for the gifts of the Spirit, even speaking in tongues. The motive for everything must be the motive of love. The agape love of God is the more excellent way. As the Apostle Paul wrote, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, the agape love of God. So as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be filled with the Spirit of Christ. We are to be filled with His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. We are to be led by the Spirit of God in our everyday lives. Finest date, one of the greatest Pentecostal Bible scholars of the 20th century, he called living by the Spirit. He called it the secret, the key to victory. Living by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, not by the flesh, is the secret and the key to victory. It is the secret and it is the key to victory over the flesh, over the sin nature, and living by the Spirit Walking by the Spirit is the secret, the key to victory in every area of life. Number one, those led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. Those led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. Romans 8 and verse 14, Paul wrote, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And it's inclusive there. The sons of God, the daughters of God, the children of God, those led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I've already mentioned Dr. Fred Price, one of our fathers in the faith who recently went home to be with the, the Lord. And he always said that there are two sides to every coin, and just as there are two sides to every coin, there are two sides to every truth. So we could say it this way, those who are not led by the Holy Spirit are not the sons and daughters of God. Those who are not led by the Holy Spirit are not the sons and daughters of God. To be a son or daughter of God and to live this life in victory as a son or daughter of God, you must allow yourself, you must allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 Verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. That spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, and praise God for it. We're, we're not slaves under the new covenant. We're not servants under the new covenant. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. We are heirs of God. We are, as Paul says, co-heirs with Christ. We are God's children. Verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, that we may also share in his glory. So we are his children. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And yes, there are challenges to be overcome, but praise God, we also share in his glory. Not, not just in the next life, in this life, amen? We have received the spirit of sonship. But to be a son or daughter of God and to live this life in victory as a son or daughter of God, you must be led by the Holy Spirit, which goes back to we have to cooperate. Amen. We have to be willing. 
We have to do our part. And most people's problem is they're stubborn. Most people's problem is they're, they're rebellious. And I know as Americans, we have a lot of rebellion in our history. But uh, that doesn't work with the Holy Spirit. So he wants to lead you, but you must be able to be led. And a lot of the trouble and a lot of the difficulty and a lot of the challenges in our life are because we refuse to be led. We want to do our own thing. And then we want God to get us out of the situation. But if you would be led by the Holy Spirit, he would lead you in victory. Amen. Number two, to live a life that is pleasing to God, you must live by the Spirit. And you must be led by the Spirit. To live a life that is pleasing to God. Are you saying, Austin, that, that someone can live a life, they, they can go to church, they can call themselves a Christian, but actually be living a life that is displeasing to the Lord? Yes. And this is important for us all to be aware of in 2021. Just because the culture says something is okay or acceptable doesn't mean it's acceptable to God. So to live a life that is pleasing to God, you must live by the Spirit, and you must be led by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, Romans 8 beginning in verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I would encourage you this week to read John's epistle, 1 John. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But you can't, as John tells us, you can't say you are in Christ if you're in sin. And so what people do, and, and Peter prophesied about this, that ignorant people take the writings of the Apostle Paul and they twist them and they distort them to lead people to believe that grace means that it doesn't matter how we live as Christians. And that's a lie. And so you read 1 John, you find out that you cannot say you are in Christ if you're walking in darkness. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. And praise God, Jesus did that work on our behalf. Amen? It's not something I could do. It's not something you could do. It's not something you or I could earn. Amen? And if you're trying to get there by earning it, you're going to live your whole life frustrated. He did the work on our behalf. Amen? In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. But we still have a part to play. Keep reading. Who do not, say do not, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. So yes, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And yes, the righteous requirements of the law are fully met in us because of what Christ did on our behalf. But these realities are only true in your life when you live according to the Spirit, not according to the sinful nature. These biblical realities are only true in your life they're only true, they're only effective, they only have power in your life when you live according to the Spirit and not according to the sinful nature. Verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live 
in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. See, we've got to get past what I want, what I think is best, what I want to do, what I prefer, and what we've got to say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Holy Spirit, what should I do in this situation? Holy Spirit, should I, I take that job? See, we've got to be willing and cooperative. We've got to be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what He, the Spirit of God, the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature, verse 8, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. And if you go to James, you find out that if you're double-minded, you're not going to receive anything from God. And so this explains why there are so many believers, they make no progress year after year, and it's because they're not living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And they don't get any traction in prayer because, again, they're not living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. So as James tells us, they're double-minded. They don't receive anything from the Lord. You go over to 1 John. John tells us when they pray, their hearts condemn them. Why? Because they know. They know. We know. You know in your heart when you're not living a life pleasing to the Lord. And so you've got to live a life pleasing to Him. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot. Say cannot. So it doesn't mean you, you kind of can. You know, you're, you're like, you're 10% you're of the way there. You're 25% of the way there. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot. Say cannot. cannot. They cannot please God. So when a believer knowingly and willfully chooses to live a life of ongoing, unrepentant sin, they are living by the sinful nature. When a believer knowingly and willfully chooses to live a life of ongoing, unrepentant sin, they cannot, say cannot, they cannot, and they will not please God. To live a life that is pleasing to God, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You've got to live by the Spirit, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 9, you however are not, you however are controlled, not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. The Zoe life of God, the divine nature of God, he will give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. Say, say, I have an obligation. See, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have an obligation. As the Bible says, your life is no longer your own to live any which way you please. And this world we live in, this weak Christian culture that's in America, it may lead you to believe that you can live any way you want and be right with God, but it's a lie. And so we have an obligation. Verse 12, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. 
but it by the Spirit, you. Who, who has to do the work? We do. But if by the Holy Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. See, this life, as long as there is breath in our body, and that's why I love the witness of Dr. Fred Price, pastored in Los Angeles and not in the good part of Los Angeles. And he always said that young people in the city, in the ghetto, they needed a positive witness that you can live for the Lord and live a blessed life that you don't have to head down the road of crime and other things. As long as we are in this world, as long as there is breath in our body, we ought to live a life of victory. But you can only do that as led by the Holy Spirit. We have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit, you, you, me, I, all of us, if by the Spirit we put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So your life, it is not your own. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have given your life to Him, if heaven is your home, you got to live as if heaven is your home. And that's why the Bible says we are aliens, we are strangers, we are foreigners passing through. And you got to live according to the Spirit. Number three, if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. If you live by the Holy Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and verse 1. It is for freedom. Say freedom. So the, the Christian life is meant to be lived in freedom, not bondage, not struggling with the same things year after year after year. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let, which means you don't permit, you don't allow yourselves to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Verse 7, you are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Verse 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free. So we're called to be free in Christ, amen? But look at verse 13 with your own eyeballs. It's not just in my Bible, amen? You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And that's why, as I said last Sunday, it doesn't matter what we talk about, at the end of the day, it all goes back to love the agape love of God. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, if you read Galatians, you'll learn that in the Galatian churches, Jewish believers had told the Gentile believers that in order to be saved, they must be circumcised and also practice the Mosaic law. But Paul reminded the church, the believers at Galatia, that they were saved by faith and that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. And in reminding them not to be slaves to works of the law, Paul also highlighted the importance of living by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Verse 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. And this is why, as I said, ignorant people who didn't go to school will take a verse out of Romans, they'll take a verse out of Galatians, 
and they'll twist. Like Peter said, they'll twist what the Apostle Paul wrote to try and lead people to believe that grace means we can just live however we want, and that is a lie. And so if you take the time to read Romans, all of it for yourself, or Galatians, all of it for yourself, any epistle in the New Testament, you'll discover that how we live as Christians, as followers of Christ, it does matter. And it not only impacts eternity, but it impacts this life too. Now before we go to Galatians 5 and verse 16, since we were in 1 Corinthians last Sunday, just as an example, that this is, this is all over the New Testament. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know? And again, when Paul writes these letters, is he writing to the lost or unbelievers? Who is he writing to? He's writing to the churches. He's writing to believers. Do you not know the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Again and again, we, we are told in the New Testament, do not be deceived, which means we can be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Say were. So that, that's past tense. So this lame Christian thing, I shouldn't call it Christian, I should call it worldly, this lame thing that is in the American church culture of, well, you know, I'm just, you know, we all have our sins, my sins just happen to be different from your sins, and I, don't, I can't get any victory over it. And I, I'm just living my life of sin, but thank God for grace, thank God I'm going to heaven. That is not God's best. It is a poor witness to a lost world. And Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and they had a lot of problems with wickedness and immorality. As I said last Sunday, he told them, you have a kind of immorality that would be unthinkable even in the world. They weren't doing anything about it. And he says, that is what some of you were, meaning that's what you were before you came to Christ. But once you come to Christ, you're not to be that old man or woman anymore. You're to live a new life in Christ Jesus. And you're to give up whatever it was that bound you and held you before you came to Christ. You're to give it up. And you might say, Austin, you, you don't know what it is. With God, all things are possible. And if you purpose in your heart, say, Lord, I want to be set free of this. He will set you free right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have to choose to no longer indulge the sinful nature. Galatians 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. And Paul dealt with that in Romans, that, that people get into bondage, and there's a struggle between the flesh and the Spirit, and so that they do things that they don't want to do because their whole life is in conflict. If you want to live a life of victory, you just can't walk by the Spirit on Sunday and live by the flesh Monday through Saturday. You got to decide you're going to go all the way with God. You got to decide you're going to live the life 
with your whole heart, with in every part of your life, you got to decide you're going to give up the works of the flesh and the works of Satan and the works of the sinful nature. It's a choice. It's a decision. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Why are there so many believers? And they, they make no progress year after year because it's the spirit one day and the flesh six days. They are living a life of conflict. There's no traction whatsoever. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. And as I said today, people abuse what Paul wrote to lead people to believe that grace means we can live any way we want as Christians. And that is nonsense. That is utter ignorance and stupidity. Those not under law are those who are led by the Holy Spirit. You can't say you're being led by the Spirit if you're living in willful, ongoing, unrepentant sin. You can't say you're living by the Spirit if you have embraced a sinful lifestyle. The world may call it a choice or an identity or a lifestyle choice, but God calls it sin. And Paul said, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, it's all over the New Testament, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You go to Revelation, read about the city of God, it gives a list. Those outside are. So if you want to someday inhabit God's city, there are certain things you're going to have to give up. And you can give them up by the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll help you. He'll help you. You can't say you're living by the Spirit if you're not a doer of God's Word. Verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Say, say obvious. obvious. Tell your other neighbor, say obvious. obvious. So there's no point lying about it. There's no point being deceived about it. There, there's no point thinking, well, nobody knows. The Lord knows. And someday everything that is in darkness is going to be brought into the light. And don't head down this road of, well, my sin's not that sin. All sin is displeasing to God. Now, is all sin the same? No. That's why you got to read your Bible, amen. But we're, we're, to get, we're to live in victory over all sin. Doesn't matter whether it's a little sin, big sin, whatever kind of sin it is, we're to live in total, absolute victory. And this is why, this is why much of the modern church has no power and no anointing because people aren't living by the Spirit, they're walking by the flesh. And God can't back that up. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality. Now Jesus in the Gospels, when he ministered in Judea and those areas, the predominant sexual sin would have been adultery. And that's why Jesus dealt specifically with adultery. But in the Roman world, anything and everything was going on. And that's why Paul used the more general term, sexual immorality. And the only sex that God approves of is between a married husband and wife. That's it. Everything else God calls sin. Everything else God calls immoral. And you might say, well, Austin, what about this? Aaron, what about that? If you have to ask, you know it is sin. Amen. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not, say not, not. say will not. will not, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
So Paul made it clear that those who live like those, like those things, those who embrace the sinful nature, that those who live like this, he made it clear they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And again, he wasn't writing to unbelievers. He was writing to the churches. He was writing to believers, and he said, those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But we see a powerful truth here, and that is if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Holy Spirit, would that be pleasing to you? No. Well, don't do it. Don't head down that road. Give it up, whatever it is. If you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Remember Galatians 5 and verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free. Say free. free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Remember what Paul told the church at Rome in Romans 8, 13 and 14. If you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Paul also wrote in Romans 6, beginning in verse 12, Therefore do not let, which means we have a part to play, amen. amen. You, Austin, us, do not let. Therefore do not let or permit or allow sin to reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So if sin is reigning in your life, who's responsible? I know it was your second grade teacher who, uh, you know, wasn't as nice to you as she should have been. I know you're, you're 45, but it's still mom and dad's fault. If sin is reigning in your life, who is responsible? You are. So Paul told them, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin. And he, he was writing to a culture, and the, their culture was a culture of idolatry. They spent their whole lives presenting offerings to idols and false gods. But see, when you indulge the sinful nature, you are offering your body, the body God gave you, you are offering it to serve sin. You are offering it to serve wickedness. You are offering it to serve Satan. And so he wrote to them, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. Rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. See, I don't want to be an instrument of sin. I don't want to be an instrument of wickedness. I want to be an instrument of righteousness for the kingdom of God. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. And see, that's what people do. Well, well Austin, you know, I, I'm not under law. I'm, I'm under grace. But they, they don't read all the verses that come before that verse. Sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. You can only say you're living a life led by the Holy Spirit if you're not allowing or permitting sin to reign in your life. You can only say you're under grace, not under law, if you're not allowing or permitting sin to master or to reign in your life. You can only say you're under grace, not under law, if you're living a life led by the Holy Spirit. So stop offering your life and your body to sin and to wickedness. Instead, offer your life, your body, your mind, all that you are. Offer your life unto God as an instrument of righteousness. And that's why the Bible says that we present ourselves unto him as living sacrifices. 
holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto God. So we have learned that those led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. To live a life pleasing to God, you've got to be, you've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to live by the Spirit. That if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And number four, if you live by the Spirit, your life will produce the fruit of the Spirit. New point, number four, if you live by the Spirit, your life will produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, beginning in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited or arrogant, provoking and envying one another. So friend, you can only say you're under grace, not under law, if your life is producing the good fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Paul told the church at Rome, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. He told the Galatian churches in Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified. They have put to death the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So do not let sin reign in your life. Live by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit and produce in your life the good fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know about you, but every time I read that list, I always say Austin has plenty to work on. I don't have time to be all involved in what everybody else is doing. I got enough to work on in my own life. Amen? Amen. Patience when everybody's getting in the car. (laughs) Patience when the power's off. Not saying anything that would be displeasing to the Lord. We have all got plenty to work on in our own lives. Love. Have you mastered the agape love of God? Have you mastered having the joy of the Lord at all times? Have you mastered walking in perfect peace every day of your life? Have you you mastered walking in patience? What about kindness? Are, Are we all as kind as we ought to be? Gentleness? Are we as gentle as we ought to be with each other, with the husband or wife, with the children, with unbelievers? Have we all mastered self control? Can a single one of us say that we have perfectly mastered self-control? Are we all as faithful as we should be? Faithful to the Lord? Faithful to God's house? Faithful to the Word of God? Faithful to prayer? Faithful at work? Faithful in all the duties of the home? See, we can all improve. We can all make progress. Verse 26, let us not become conceited or arrogant, provoking and envying each other. So we all have room for improvement, amen? We all have much to work on in our own lives. This is why Jesus told us not to judge others. This is why Jesus told us wisely, first remove the plank from your own eye. We all have much room for improvement. We all have much to work on in our own lives. So don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Don't act like you have arrived, that you're it. You have not arrived, and you are not it. Amen? As wonderful as you are. We all have room for improvement. But the fruit of the Spirit 
is love. Say love. love. And this is not the love that we see in the world. This is the agape love of God. Joy. Say joy. joy. Peace. Say peace. peace. Patience. Say patience. Kindness. Kindness. Goodness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And praise God for the last one, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So those led, number one, those led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. Number two, to live a life pleasing to God, you must live by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. Number three, if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Number four, if you live by the Spirit of God, your life will produce the good fruit of the Spirit. What is the key to victory? Over the flesh, what is the key to victory in every area of life? It's living and being led by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In 2021, let's all do a better job of living by the Spirit Amen. and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit every day and everything that we do. Wake up every morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. Pray and intercede for others. Pray in the Spirit and in tongues. Be led by the Holy Spirit in your marriage, in your parenting and family. Be led by the Holy Spirit in raising and disciplining your children. Take the Holy Spirit to work with you. He's, in, he's with you. He's in you. But you got to be mindful of that fact. Take the Holy Spirit to work with you. Take him with you wherever you go. Ask him for his wisdom and guidance in every decision. You hear pastors say all the time, wisdom is knowing what to do, but the wisdom of God is knowing what God would do. What? He's with us. Why not ask, Holy Spirit, what should I do? Let the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth and your study and meditation upon God's word. The Holy Spirit is the one who is here with us. He is our helper. He is our friend. He is our comforter. He is our counselor. He is the paraclete. He is our helper. And he should be our senior partner in everything that we do, in every decision of life, in every activity of life. Romans 8:14. those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. What is the key to victory? Living by the Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.